Dependí de ti Por el gran amor Welcome to a new edition of the Neon Jazz Interview Series with Uruguayan-born, Toronto-based singer and songwriter Valeria Matzner. We dug into her latest 2023 album called Tamborilero that pays homage to the people who started this music, the Uruguayans of African descent, and to the musical gift from the people of the African diaspora to Uruguayan culture. Along with this new project, we cover her beginnings, surviving COVID, the future, and so much more. Enjoy this interview. Hi, good morning. How are you doing? I'm excellent. How are you today? Excellent, excellent. <laughs> Maybe I shouldn't assume it's morning. Where are you coming out of? Yeah, I don't know. It's actually, yeah, it is morning. It's 10.30 in Toronto. Okay, wonderful. Yeah, I hear always hear good things about Toronto. Uh, where are you located? I'm in Kansas City. Oh, wow. That's a, I've never been, unfortunately. <laughs> Home of Charlie Parker. Yeah, it's a great place. Yeah. It's always surprising to people that you know, Kansas City is such an arts and cultural hub like it is. Yeah, well, I mean, it has an amazing history of music, right? So Yeah. 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 But we do get lumped into that whole Midwest, Cowtown kind of thing. So it's, <laughs> we're, we live a dual polarity kind of thing going on. But um, but at any rate, it's great to meet you. Thank you so much for taking a minute out for Neon Jazz today. Hi, nice, nice to uh, meet you. And thank you for uh, having me here. Absolutely. So before we get into your latest album i want to know the last three years with covid was quite a thing how did you survive that time period and how did it change you um you know what i actually um when i during the pandemic i i was actually part of i started um working with a, a, a tango group an all-female tango group so i not only have i don't only have my project but uh, i joined a, a tango group and uh, so we spent the majority of the time uh, working uh, on the style of music. And uh, also, I, you know, I, I just, I know it was a, a very hard time for a lot of people, but I just spent the time working on my music. So um, it affected me because I wasn't able to perform as much. I mean, it was all, you know, done online, which is not the same as being in front of an audience. Uh, but I, I think that, you know, I just took it, I said, you know what? There's nothing I can do other than this is what it is, right? So I I started working with that with that project. So we did a, a whole bunch of uh, online videos that we recorded separately, and then we put them together. That was with the the tango band. And then uh, during that time, I got uh, my grant from Canada Council to be able to record this new album. So I spent the time doing research and you know trying to get you know do the best you know do the most and the best out of the situation right yeah. so i think a lot of musicians did the same thing you know either you get depressed or you know you just go out there and, and you do what you can i i'm i like you know <laughs> i'm being selfish but i i think i like this the how quiet the city was and uh i like the fact that it allowed me um some you know some me time to be able to work on my music so i i think you know you do the best with the situation right well things move so fast for artists and musicians there's always such movement so i think there was probably a level of embracing that went on when everybody was like all right i don't have to run around like crazy all the time i can just lean back and just kind of be introspective i think it was probably good for a lot of people you know yeah yeah and i um i started taking a lot of um um, after my first album, um, I realized that uh, my voice was changing. You go through different stages in your life, and 
So I, I thought it would be a good idea to, to go back and take lessons with a, a vocal coach. Um, so I, I made the best out of the whole situation. So taking lessons online, you know, just doing some, uh, uh, yeah, just a lot of the studying, a lot of nerding around. So. Yeah. So so let's talk about Tom Borleiro and <laughs> let's talk about how good does it feel to have an album out now with the world waking up and just kind of in general? You know what? It's an interesting thing because my first album was very introspective. It had a lot of songs that I wrote a long time ago. They were kind of, on, I don't know how to say, but they're a little bit darker. And um, during the pandemic, I I did. I made a, a huge change in my life. I, I, I you know, and I, I made a huge uh, positive change in my life. So um, that's what I wanted to reflect in this album. It's a lot. It's a, it's a happier album. Um, and I thought, you know what, this is what the world needs right now. It needs something a little bit, in what I needed as well, right? Like something a little more positive and, um, you know, and I don't know, the world is not negative or positive. It's just a mix of both of them. You know what I mean? Like, it's, you know, I always say to people, you know, be careful what you watch on the news because good news never make the news, right? right. <laughs> you know, it's usually bad news. It's all about being bad, you know? Uh, and I thought, you know what, hey, that's not a very uh, balanced a, you know, view of the world of people. I mean, the more you travel, the more you realize that you have more commonalities with people than than, than things that make you different. And uh, and in my travels, I realized also that also that people want the same thing. They want to have their families. They want to they want they want to live a, a peaceful life. And they're more sharing and, and loving than we actually think. They're you know the bad apples usually make the uh, make the news. You know? <laughs> That's right. If it bleeds, it leads. And you're right. We are all more alike than we aren't. And yeah. I think that's some level, hopefully with all of the interviews and podcasting that's out there, I, hopefully that levels the playing field a little bit more. I think we're starting to see a lot of really good things coming out of the human connectedness because we lost a lot of that. I know we had Zoom like we do now and all of those things, but I think at the end of the day, we really miss that idea of community and that whole old school way of, of, you know, just being together. Yeah, no, I agree 100%. I think that uh, if we want to talk about what caused people to have depression and everything during that period of time, I mean, it's not only during that period of time, but I think it's that lack of connectedness yeah. that we all believe that exists. But the reality is that, I mean, I don't want to get philosophical. <laughs> I, I think it's an illusion. The, this whole disconnectedness is an illusion. We're all connected. If we look at it from that perspective, we also understand that whatever we do to other people affects us and vice versa. You know what I mean? Like, we are interconnected. It's not that that whole division doesn't exist. Uh, even if we have different philosophical views or even religions or whatever, political views, whatever the heck might be, I think in the core, we're all, we are all connected. So whatever you do, whatever I do affects all of us, right? So um, it's, a, it's, a good, it's a good reminder of that. And also, I mean, really truthfully, I mean, you have to look at the pandemic and everything. You have to look at it from a different perspective. I mean, come on. It's not like we are in a, you know, it's not like we, we you know, oh, you have to stay home and watch Netflix. Whoa, what the hell, you know? Right, right. Bad, 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 bad. You know, yeah. it's not like we are in countries where, you, you know, you couldn't go outside to even walk your dog. So, I mean, I mean, I have family in, in Argentina and Buenos Aires. and They were not able to, they, not, they were not allowed to get out of the house. Kind yeah. of like. And here we know we 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 can walk off for walks. Yeah. Oh, you had to wear a mask. Whoa. You know. 
freaking right. detail. You know? <laughs> yep. yep, absolutely. I agree. So yeah. with the new album, what are you hoping the listener gets from it? Well, um, the new album is uh, very, very, you know, out there and very plain to see homage to the music from Uruguay and specifically the Afro-Uruguayan music. Uh, we have, um, it's an interesting, it's an interesting country, uh, has a, a very, I'm from Uruguay, first of all, and it has a very interesting history because we, the music of Africa has greatly influenced our music. I mean, it has everywhere in the world, but I'm just saying Uruguay really embraces that. And um, this, uh, I thought I should bring that to the forefront um, in this album. Um, you, you know, just uh, showing the music from Uruguay, the Afro-Uruguayan music, Candombe, and mix it with all the stuff, because it has been mixed with uh, a lot of different styles of music, and there's some amazing, um, you know, uh, musical examples of that type of music. And uh, I invite anybody, if you ever want to see something completely unique, um, you know, maybe that's, that's something, you know, I'm encouraging people, and I'm just showing a little bit of Uruguayan culture, if you want to see something completely unique, go to Uruguay, to Montevideo in February, mid-February, and you will see a carnival like nothing else. Like it's a, it's a street carnival. Um, you will see the comparsas, which is a whole bunch of uh, musicians playing the three, the three different drums uh, that co that comprise Candombe. And it's on the streets. It's nothing like, it's not like in, in Rio that you have to go to, to the San Bodromo, like specific places, maybe perhaps in some places uh, north, uh, northern Brazil, you can see it on the streets as well. But Uruguay is very, that type of music is very unique. So I wanted to bring that and share that to, to the people that wanted to listen to the music, right? So let's go to your roots in Uruguay. Tell me how you started this musical journey and how it kind of culminated and, and led you to Toronto. <laughs> So I, I started, I'm just going to make a very, because it's a very long story. I'm not that young. So. <laughs> um, I started with classical music. Uh, I was part of the National Choir. Um, then I, I, I studied opera for a little bit, and then I got into rock. And that was it. <laughs> um, I, was, uh, I was 16 when I started my own uh, band. And by the age of uh, 20, I, 1920, I was touring the States, actually. I played in uh, South by Southwest with, uh, with this alternative rock band. Um, and then I moved to Canada and went to music school in Canada as well. And it's incredible, but I think that you do like a... You look like a, you do like a 360, you go back to where you're from. <laughs> um, so I started jazz and world music and all that. And then I said, you know what? I mean, you know why music, well, South American music in general, it's so rich in culture and, and rhythm and everything. So I just went full circle. I went back to, to, to my roots and um, my previous album got a little bit more of a Brazilian vibe and I love huge influence on so many different uh, styles of music. And, uh, and then I said, you know what, I want to do an album of Candombe. And I want to see how is that I can handle that, um, meaning like as a composer as well, because some of the songs are, are composed by me. And um, it just, yeah, it just goes back <laughs> to the same thing that you started from, you know. Sure. Um, I hear that a lot. I hear that a lot that that as much as you try and you kind of rotate through this cycle, you always come back home. 
Yeah, 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 yeah. The same with tango. I mean, I never, ever thought I was going to be singing tango. And, uh, and you know, because I thought, you know, that's music, you know, my grandparents, you know, which is not true. I mean, right. the tango nowadays, I mean, if you listen to the composers, the, the new composers, uh, tango composers from Argentina, you know, like Julian Peralta, Ramiro Gallo, I mean, no, no, it's not your mom, it's not your grandfather, grandfather, uh, grandpa's uh, tango is a heck of a lot more modern. So I think it's the same thing. You go back and you realize, oh, you know, um, the richness of the music and uh, yeah, and especially candombe because I always, I always, one of the things that I love about South American music in general is the rhythm. And uh, candombe is a very specific, very specific type of rhythm. And um, this album, uh, was that my idea in this album, and that's what I presented for the Canadian films, the Canadian films, the, Canadian, the Canada Council, sorry, is that um, my idea was to uh, do um, exchange with musicians from Uruguay. So the musicians from Canada will learn how to do, how to play candombe. Um, so I put that in a proposal and they accepted that. So I went to Uruguay and I spoke with uh, some Uruguayan musicians, uh, Federico Rigi, uh, Martin, uh, Martin uh, Ibarburu, um, some other musicians as well, and said, hey, you know what, can you, are you interested in, in teaching my musicians in Canada how to do candombe? They said, yes, absolutely. So um, I, you know, I didn't, you know, I put them in contact and some of them didn't even speak English or Spanish, which it was a very interesting communication. Hmm. Um, and, uh, and that's how they learned. And uh, the album, is, you know, I have shown it to musicians in Uruguay and they say, this is incredible. It's, it's almost like they were born and raised here, right? And, and uh, I just, you know, and they're all from different parts of the world. Uh, the bass player in the, in the, in the album is, from, is of Jamaican, Jamaican descent. Um, and uh, then the, the three percussionists that play the, play the drums are from, um, are from Canada, but his parents are from Uruguay. Don't ask. <laughs> like, the drummer is from Canada, from Winnipeg, actually, and uh, and the, and so is the pianist. How is the disguise? You know, learn the, the style of music is incredible. Yeah. Now, in the a producer from Canada as well, yeah. uh, that really investigated the style of music, and yeah, I'm super happy with the album. And I think it's, uh, so, what was the first live show that you ever saw that blew you away? That made you think that that might be something you want to do with your life? Oh my God, no, I, I knew I wanted to be a singer, you know what, from the time I, from the time I could say mama, dada, you know, yeah. I, I think that uh, I, I've seen a lot of concerts that have blown me away through, throughout the years. Um, I've been lucky enough to, to see some of Piazzolla's, uh, not Piazzolla himself, unfortunately, but I've seen some of his, his projects and I've seen a lot of, you know, I have to say, when I was four, no, when I was thirteen, I was living in Buenos Aires. Um, that was act after the dictatorship, and uh, I think what made it very clear to me that I wanted to to be a leader of a band and and start writing my own music. I think it was seeing the huge musical movement after the dictatorship in uh, Argentina, and uh, I remember. 
it was just every single weekend there would be 10 15 bands you know all original music that's the other thing that blew me away so i i don't i don't know i can't say a specific um something specific i think it, all my life i i knew i was going to be a a singer so yeah that makes <laughs> sense so let me ask you this what do you like the best about being a professional musician what is it that you look forward to every day what what drives you you know the connection that you have with the musicians that you play with i always made it very clear that i didn't want to just do it for money you know meaning like money if you if you're joining a band just because it's a good project that you're going to be making money and you don't take all the other things into consideration then is it's it's going to fail so i think it's the connection with the other musicians on stage um you know being able to create something uh it's it's wonderful uh what do i like about being a professional musician the fact that i can you know it's a very creative thing to do so you can do you have the, the you not only the connection but also the creativity is it scary of course it's scary i always say you know you're you're really every time you put music out there you open yourself up to a lot of criticism and whatever um but I always, I always have this idea. I always say there's, there's those who do and those who criticize. <laughs> That's right. That's uh, and also, I mean, in, in the fact that I, I'm not looking for perfection. It's, it's a snippet of what, who I am right now. Like my, fir my first time on my thought, it was amazing. And then I listened to the second album, it's like, holy. You know? <laughs> but it, it's, a, it's a snippet of what you can do at, that, at this point in my life, what I can do as a composer, as a writer, um, as a singer, it's a snippet, you know? And so then I, I'm gentle with myself. Uh, do, I, do I think it's perfect? No, it will never be perfect because I'm human and that doesn't exist. Um, so, I, you know, what I know is that I wake up every morning and I go, my goodness, I'm, am I lucky or what to be doing yeah. what I love? So that's it. That's the number one thing that drives me. So, you know, for the purposes of the show, we're jazz centric, but you've been in a lot of different musics. So I'm going to kind of open this up. Why do you love music? Oh, my God. You know, I, I think music is the most amazing way of manipulating emotions. Mm, yeah. <laughs> that great um, way of saying it. You know what? And, and the reason why I love jazz is because in rock you have, I'm, I'm sorry, Radiohead will kill me if I, when I say this, but <laughs> you know, I, I think that uh, what I love about jazz is the possibilities. The, the, I love, um, they, let's say, you know, you have a palette of three, four, five colors when you're doing a certain style of music and then jazz comes along. And it goes, holy crap, man, this is 30, 40, 50 different palettes and so many you know, different colors in your palette. It's so many different emotions that you can, uh, that you can achieve with those chord progressions and, and melodic lines and everything. That's what I love about jazz and about uh, music is that you can, you, I, I think that um, you can really, if you do it for the right reasons and if you really are an artist, then you will convey a wide range of emotions, you know, emotions that that is what makes us human. You know, um, I, you know, when I listen to when I listen to Piazzolla, I, I, to me, for example, Piazzolla is somebody who was a great manipulator of emotions. You know, he um, he could really, really take you back to Buenos Aires. You know, you listen to Piazzolla, and you're like, oh, 
do this to me. You know, it, 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 it's just, yeah, it takes you through a roller coaster of emotions. Um, and I think jazz is the, it's the same thing. Uh, I, I think it, when the music is done with that, it, it's supposed to convey some sort of emotion um, and, you know, and take you out of your comfort zone in some ways and that also show you the humanity that we all have. So I think that's what I love about music. I know it's very philosophical, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, no, 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 that's great. No, I, I like it. And, you know, for Radiohead, it's interesting because I've played them on my show before and there's jazz-centric things. It's almost as though their aesthetic is just kind of all over the place. They're really dabbing yeah. in a lot of things. Um, yeah. Well, my, my part, yeah, sorry, go ahead. No, 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 go ahead. You're, you're good. No, no, I agree 100%. I was just saying in a rock band. But I mean, yeah, those guys no, I know. Young. Yeah, you just said Radiohead and it just got my, my brain going because I'm a big fan, but... I'm, yeah, I'm a huge fan of Radiohead. Matter of fact, in my first album, I did a rendition of one of the songs by Radiohead. Which one? Uh, Lotus Flower. Oh, cool. Yeah. yeah. And because uh, I'm a huge fan. I'm a huge fan of different styles of music. I don't stay only in world music. I mean, yeah, yeah no, I mean, jazz, bring it on. Folk music, bring it on. Yeah. Whatever music I, I listen to that it has that, 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 is, that is honest, I don't care, country music. Yeah. I love I love all I love music. I always say there's two types of music: bad and good. That's, That's right. Mm -hmm. You know, and my, by, and that is completely subjective, right? Yeah. What, what I consider to be bad to me is an element of an element of truthfulness. You know, yeah. it's the same as singers. I mean, I I think of you know, I listen to a lot of singers and I go, oh, the technique is fabulous, blah blah blah. But give me some, you know, Neil Young, please. Yeah, that guy just kills me. Yeah. He's not about showing off. To me, to me, you learn technique in singing not to show off. You learn technique so you can convey an emotion. If your idea is to show off, then I'm sorry, you just got stuck in in, in your technician of the instrument. You're not an artist. Yeah. Uh, an artist should be conveying an emotion. Should be moving a person. If you're learning because you want to show off, I'm sorry that. In my and this is my my opinion, huh? Like sure. just my opinion. To me, that like, you lost the you lost you missed the point. You missed the point of being a musician. So let's get to the essence of you. Everyone has a perception of you, family, friends, fans, but you ultimately run the show. What's your perception of you? Who do you think you are? Oh, crap. That's a huge question. <laughs> That's the wake-up call right there. That's the therapy um, question. You know what? I Who do I think I am? I, I'm a seeker. I think I'm a seeker. I'm always seeking. I'm always looking. I'm always looking... I, I'm not satisfied with like what I know now it will change tomorrow. I'm, I'm not, I don't want to stay in a comfort zone. I want to be challenged. I am a, I'm a, I'm a seeker of challenges. Uh, I think that, uh, you know, you change, you change perspectives. If you get stuck, like the more, the older and older I get, the more I realize there's no such a thing as black and white. And I think a lot of people as they get older, that's where they get stuck is the black and white. And then the, the more I go through life, the more I realize there is no such thing as black and white. Everything is just tinted with grays and colors and all that. Even, you know, certain concepts that I thought were really, you know, integral. And um, I, yeah, what is, what is important to me, my friends, my family, 100%, and that connection with other people, that is essential to me. I think that's, and the, and the other thing is I don't, um, yeah, just just seeker of that and not caring too much about the passing of time. <laughs> yeah. yeah, you know what I mean. I think that's something that people get stuck in as well. 
it's like you know the passing of time thinking that oh well, this time at this time in your in your life you should have this figured out and the journey exactly i think i, I will figure it out when i'm dead and even then i don't know you yeah. know what i mean <laughs> right yeah i agree i totally agree so i'm too i'm too busy i'm too busy i'm too busy uh just looking around and learning to be yeah. thinking about the passage of time i'm enjoying yeah. the journey um as a human you know here in this in this plane right now <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I agree. So for everyone out there wants to learn about any live shows that are coming up, where to get the new album, anything about your world, where can they go? You know what? I uh, I would say go to my Instagram. So at Valeria Matzner, uh, to my Instagram, because I think that's, that's what I keep most of my information. <laughs> really bad at that kind of stuff. It's all good. <laughs> I'm, uh, I'm, I also have, you know, ValeriaMatzner.com. Oh, hi, puppy. <laughs> hey. uh, yeah and uh so if you go to valeriamaso.com actually i'm i'm revamping my website right now with a new album and everything but i think instagram is more where i where i put all my whole bunch of stuff there reels and music okay. and everything i combine it with the tango band uh i'm just gonna throw it out there it's called solidaridad and it's an all-female tango band the only Tango, all female tango band, tango orchestra in North America. Excellent. It's fabulous to be around women. Love yeah. it. Excellent. <laughs> this has been wonderful. Valeria, thank you so much for taking time out to give me your story to talk about the new album. Best of luck with everything. Thank you so much, too, and thank you for having me here. Thanks for listening and tuning into another Neon Jazz interview, where we give you a bit of insight into the finest players and minds in Uruguay, Toronto, Kansas City, and spots all over the globe, giving fans all that jazz. Thanks to Valeria for her time, music, and story. If you want to hear more Neon Jazz interviews, you can find us on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Subscribe to us at YouTube and for everything Neon Jazz, go to the neonjazz.blogspot.com. Until next time, enjoy the jazz, my friends. Neon Jazz.